today our scripture reading comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The Lord be with you. Amen. A little trivia tidbit for you. As Josh was sharing, where he'll be heading off for an internship this summer um, is the Church of the Woodlands in Houston, which, by the way, they host, they have a um, kind of partnership that they started 20 years ago called uh, Mercy Street, which is what we used to, to model after Open Door 10 years ago. So, um, Beautiful little relationship and a side note of that. So with that, um, before we jump into, this is a more famous saying, which we deal with that disciple that's known as what, Thomas? Doubting, Doubting Thomas. Yeah, everybody says it like that. Yeah, yeah, everybody put on their Eeyore voice with that. I like that. So, <laughs> so before we jump into uh, John, let us take a moment of prayer. Let us pray. Father, with all of our doubts and questions, um, allow us to hear with fresh ears and fresh hearts. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I once saw a cartoon that at the tetter for it was disciple gathering. And so all the disciples were talking to one another and one stands up and says, look, all I'm saying is that we don't call Peter denying Peter. And we don't call Mark runaway naked Mark, do we? So why should I be saddled with this title? And one of the others responded, I understand your point, Thomas, but really, isn't it time to move on? So, yeah, so. 
We're in the midst of a series called uh, Encountering Jesus, and it was early encounters with the disciples and many who encountered Jesus just after the resurrection, from Easter and then several weeks uh, afterwards. That's what we'll be doing. And this scripture picks up almost immediately after Peter and John returned to the disciples. Um, they had just heard the news um, as they returned, then right behind them, Mary, after encountering Jesus as the gardener, um, is she becomes the apostles to the apostles. And the first sermon heard after the resurrection is, I have seen the Lord, she tells them. And the hearers of the gospel are now children of God, sharing the same parent as Jesus, just as John foreshadowed in John 1, 12 through 13. And what do the disciples do in response to Mary Magdalene's proclamation of the risen Jesus, of abundant life, of a world forever changed and open with possibility? They hide. Yeah, so in fear, behind locked doors. Um, now, John describes that they were afraid of the Jews. We're not really sure the explanation for that, but nevertheless, yeah, fear didn't keep two of them from sprinting to the tomb when they heard the body was gone. And after the tomb, they returned, um, locked, faced to the reality of the resurrection, paralyzing fear. And so, according to John's gospel, the next scene, now three days, uh, next scene is an appearance by Jesus. Um, that, now, as a side note, I will say this, and it's just so interesting, I give it to you that you own later this afternoon when you take a walk or before a nap. So, um, all the other gospel writers make note after the disciples uh, are gathered, and they make note of who is missing from there or who has been replaced. John is the only one, he makes mention of this, all the disciples, the disciples are gathered, which implies that even Judas is with them in this encounter. Now, every scholar makes note of this, but they don't know what to do with it. So I leave it to you to walk with later this afternoon. So, all right, back to my regular schedule program. So, <laughs> uh, I just found it so fascinating, I had to share. So, but John says that somehow Jesus enters the room and he stands there among us. Jesus is present to them once again, and he says these words, peace. Disciples not sure about that. They're still scared to death, especially now that they have the full appearance of Jesus with nail marks, with scars, everything. They're not so sure about it, so he says to them again, peace. And even then, he does an amazing thing. He breathes on them. Here's the Holy Spirit. Here's my spirit. You take it now. Take it into your hearts. Feel what it's like to have me back again in your lives. Feel my presence. Know that I'm still with you. Um, the word that he used for breathe is the same word that's used in Genesis when God breathed life into man, you know, our kind. Um, as if Jesus is saying, look, fill that empty hole where your faith and hope used to be. Fill the hole filling up once more with love and hope and grace, and peace. Um, you might ask yourself, what, what is John trying to tell us with this strange sounding of a story? Um, and if nothing else, perhaps he's telling us this, that when Jesus was absent, when he was missing from the disciples' heart, they were filled with fear. And because of that fear, they were not transformed. But when Jesus was present to them, once again, their fears were removed. They were filled with his peace, and somehow, somehow that night the disciples felt Jesus' presence. 
because they did and experienced peace. Not peace so much that they could leave the room, but peace enough so that when Thomas came back, they went, Thomas, guess what? We have seen the Lord. And Thomas is like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not so sure about this. <laughs> uh, don't know. Um, Thomas says, look, I don't know about you, but for me, I've got to see it in order to believe it. Uh, and it's interesting that all that Thomas was asking for was exactly what the other disciples got. Right? When Jesus appeared to the other disciples, he showed them his hands, his side. Uh, John records the disciples rejoiced because they saw the Lord. Um, now, now, one conclusion we might draw is that despite Thomas's bad rap, he's no worse than the other disciples. More importantly, however, perhaps we've actually under, misunderstand misunderstood the nature of faith altogether. You know, those moments when somebody says those really hurtful sayings, like, you know, if you just had more faith, <laughs> you're like, uh, thank you. <laughs> I could reach up and punch you in the nose, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, or, or maybe those questions of, you know, in which faith and doubt are woven together. They says, well, if you're doubting, you don't have much faith. When we forget Hebrews 11.1, 1, Faith isn't knowledge, but is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Real faith is actually not knowing, but going ahead and acting on it anyway. So in other words, faith is the ability to step out as the unknown. So Thomas says to his group, I'll never believe what you guys are telling me unless I can see it for myself. Um, now, in reality, the, the Greek translation to English misses it because he's pretty coarse with this saying, I'll never, nothing, unless I put my hand in his side, unless I see the holes where the nails were, then I'll believe. Uh, Thomas is stubborn, he's defiant, uh, so he's sounding maybe a little bit like us, if, to be honest. So let's take a journey, if you would, first with Thomas. Let's think about Thomas for a moment. What else do we know about him? Has he always been such a lackluster disciple? And to be honest, there isn't much about him in the Gospels. In fact, aside from his name appearing in the list of disciples in all of the Gospels, uh, there are only two other instances where Thomas is identified by name, both, by the way, in the Gospel of John. Um, first one is John 11. It's when Jesus insists on going to Judea just after the death of Lazarus. Um, the disciples know this is not a smart move because the last time that Jesus went to Judea, they almost stoned him. But Jesus is determined to go. In fact, Jesus says this, uh, let us go anyway. And Thomas replies, let us also go that we may die with him. Yeah, Thomas suddenly channels Braveheart there. Uh, this doesn't sound like Thomas we know. Is this a doubting Thomas? No, this is courageous Thomas. The second appearance is in John 14, and it's a little more like we know. It's the questioning Thomas. Jesus is telling the disciples that he is going to prepare a place for them in his father's house, and that they already know the way. Thomas, being bold now, says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, and how can we know this way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the lie. If you know me, you will know my father also. From now on, you do not know him. You have seen him. Now, 
interesting enough, Thomas has also been told by Jesus that by seeing Jesus, he has seen God. So when the disciples, three days later, after the crucifixion, say that they have seen Jesus alive, isn't any wonder that he says, I want to see. He's just doing the exact thing that Jesus said. When you see me, you see God. And um, so he doesn't just want to see him. He says he will not believe until he does. Here again, we see Thomas actually being faithful to Jesus. As Jesus told the disciples in Luke 21, 8, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. So Thomas will not be led astray. He's testing, if you would. Now, you may have caught up by now. I, I think Thomas gets the short end of the stick in most Christian traditions. Uh, I identify with Thomas. I am Thomas. Uh, I'm, I'm not one for blind faith, um, but I am one for faith. But usually in getting there, I question, I ask, I doubt, I seek. Um, and I was very lucky along the way um, to encounter two powerful, wonderful youth directors in my youth when I questioned and doubted the most. Uh, one by the name of Francis Rich and David Stewart who could hear and let me express that in many different forms. Sometimes verbally, sometimes physically with the group present that I didn't want to uh, be with or be around or whatever and all of that and they allowed me to then kind of begin to trust. Years later, as I'm entering the ministry, a wonderful uh, district superintendent, John Cornelius, did the same thing for me. As I, I doubted I was ready, and he was like, yeah, you're ready. <laughs> so, here, try this, <laughs> and try this, and try this. And, um, now, then there's that wrestling until they, yeah, I, it took hold. And the number of people that I come in contact still today that grew up in a faith tradition that would not allow them to struggle, would not allow them to doubt. So when they did, they thought the natural result is just to fade away, to give up, instead of allowing them to, yeah, wrestle. Um, another approach to this is that we sometimes miss the nuance with the word doubt. Um, the word is not exactly doubt. It's a very John and, you know, the, a word definitely attributed to the Gospel of John. Um, the Greek word that's used is apistos, A-P-I-S-T-O-S. And there are many debate amongst um, translators of how best to translate this. Um, most of them all default back to the King James when they use doubt. But it can mean either do not be without, doubt, without faith, so more of a doubting, uh, or do not continue to be without faith, uh, or do not become without faith. So in other words, in, in this application, uh, doubt necessarily isn't something about it, it's yes or no. The more accurate translation, I think, is trust. Do not be without trust. Uh, why do I believe that trust is the better way to translate this? Well, trust opens doors in risky situations, right? Um, and when you think about it, we're living in a trust economy. Uh, which is a paradox because right now more people than any other time do not trust in institutions at all. Whether it's churches, government, nonprofits, even the best of institutions out there, people do not, very suspicious, non-trusting. Yet, we live in a trust economy. For example, if you're in another city without your car, you pick up your cell phone, you punch in a few, uh, your address, and someone from Uber or Lyft 
will pick you up, and you are trusting that they are not a psycho, right? Yeah. I don't know if your mind races to who am I going to encounter here, right? <laughs> you hope they'll get you from point A to point B, but you never know. <laughs> or, speaking of that, instead of vacationing at a hotel, which you, we've, we've learned to trust them over time, we instead stay a little bit longer for a little cheaper at an Air B and yeah. And you hope nobody is in the basement or in between the walls, right? So. <laughs> I've suddenly, you know, <laughs> hope I haven't scared away any from, <laughs> from Airbnb. <laughs> but that's, that's what, and, and, and are, are like, trust me, I'll Venmo you later. And we're like, okay, <laughs> right? And so, um, the Gospel of John is all about this trust, too. He's all about opening doors and moving people from darkness to light. Something that, that takes a lot of trust, because we're sometimes comfortable in that darkness. We're not so sure about it. Maybe we would be found out. Maybe we would be discovered. What else is in that light? And I don't know about that. Think about the opening statements. The disciples are huddled in fear. Yet one of the markers of trust is this. On the one hand, one does not need to risk anything in order to trust. However, one must take a risk in order to gauge in trusting action. Yeah. The question becomes, how, where is our trust? How are you learning to trust yourself? others, the church, God. I mean, um, this is the trust that Jesus calls the disciples to go out and be in community. The first thing he tells them is what? To forgive other people. Yeah. To empower them to join a community in which he has taught them. This is a community that's not just for some, but for all. Those that are in, those that are out, those that are feel like they're lost or cast out, it doesn't matter. Learn to trust and form community. Uh, that's, that's the heart of the word religion, is to rejoin. That's our challenge out there, is to rejoin. Um, and what happens after he does that? To rejoin the brokenhearted, offering forgiveness and peace to others. And so then Jesus appears eight days later. Eight days later, what are they still? Huddled together in fear. <laughs> and Jesus appears and says, look, Thomas, see touch. We're never told if Thomas does touch at all. We're told next is what summarizes the entire gospel, one of the greatest declarations of faith, my Lord and my God. Yeah. As Jesus is Lord, our Lord, but Jesus is also God, the I am, the dwelling of God in the flesh, my Lord, my God. Um, not a consent into belief, but a powerful action. An amazing thing of this is, well, we see the pattern of Christian discipleship right there from the beginning of John 1. One person encounters Jesus, then they share their experience with the next person who may express some reluctance, but then as they begin to trust and start to chain, they then share that with another person who then shares it with another and another. You know, in fact, we see it in the Gospels. Andrew tells Peter, Philip tells Nathaniel, the Samaritan woman tells the townspeople, come and see, is the refrain. This is the evangelical gospel story. One encounters Jesus, they share. That person is not so sure until they begin to trust and are transformed. They tell, and it comes around again. So what do we do with this? I believe maybe Jesus is inviting us to do what he invited Thomas and the disciples to do. Take the bleeding hand of another who's reaching out for help. 
find the nail holes or the marks from the journey of their life, feel some of their pain instead of maybe wallowing and stuck in our own. God, relieve us from the bondage of self becomes our active, trusting prayer. And part of the good news is there's always someone out there in worse shape than we are. And the flip side is true as well. There's always someone out there who's further along in the journey, always able to loan us their faith whenever we feel like we're lacking it. We need to go and seek both. We need to go help the one, and we need to learn all we can from the other. And what we'll find when we do those two things is our faith gets resurrected. Because sometimes for us, doubting Thomas's works of service are the beginning places that work and allow us to be transformed and believe in thought, word, and deed. Amen? Amen. Uh, if you would uh, join me in prayer. Father, it is in our, in our doubts and our questions, allow our eyes and hearts to know that you're right there with us, allowing us to wrestle and sometimes to squirm. But through it all, grant us the energy and the compassion to reach out to, um, and to serve. Um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.